0: Hey, guys. It's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown in Napa you know, A lot of times we talk about Leon Tailoring, first thing that comes to mind is menswear. But Leon Tailoring actually has a pretty extensive collection for the ladies as well. As the weather gets a little bit warmer, maybe I'll need things as heavy, so maybe that light blouse or maybe a nice short sleeve shirt or maybe a sleeveless shirt. No matter what it is, ladies, you can be taken care of over at Leon Tailoring. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy go to Extra Special Care to make sure you look good. So, ladies, don't hesitate. Swing by Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware downtown Indianapolis. Well, Indiana's new anti-abortion law goes into effect this week, and so joining us on the news line is uh, consu- uh, conservative pro-life advocate, Micah Beckwith, who is a pastor of Life Church up in Noblesville. So, Micah, my friend, always good to talk to you, sir. Great to be with you, Abdul. Thanks for uh, having me. Not a problem. Um, so, first of all, uh, your thoughts on the, the the abortion law that the legislature passed this past summer?
1: Well, it's it doesn't really ban abortions like many people say it does so like from the far right side of things there was a lot of people who were upset they were saying it doesn't really go far enough but then the left is saying oh my gosh it goes way too far and it but where i stood on it was it was a good start, and and what happened out in Kansas, where they they weren't able to get a constitutional amendment to protect life, uh, it was a couple weeks earlier, and then Indiana took up the fight. If we wouldn't have gotten something through, it would have been devastating for the nation. So I was happy that our our legislature uh, was was able to move the ball forward and at least say, hey, we're going to be a state that that really does try to defend life, um, and. And now there's some loopholes. I totally get it. Uh, Like from the pro-life side of things, like many people say, Hey, you know, there's, we've, we've given too many exceptions or, uh, you know, how can, if someone wants to claim that they were raped, they don't really have to file a police report and all these things. So people can just come in and just start claiming all kinds of things. And I get it. There's, there's some certain, uh, there's some certain things that we have to tie up uh, some loose ends, but uh, overall I think it's the right step in the right direction. I do give, our legislature and the and the those working hard to get this through. I give them a lot of credit because it was it was uh it was a lot of heat. I mean, they took heat. Uh, the the other side was down there and they were they were not happy. That's for sure.
0: Uh, one thing's my friend that a lot of folks say is that uh, lawmakers maybe sort of rushed this like too fast, too quick. That instead of taking like the the two weeks to 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 craft legislation, what they probably should have done is you know hold hearings. You know, Give, give, it, give it time then, when, when lawmakers came back in January, then then try to pass some type of legislation. What do you think about, about that criticism?
1: Well, as a, as a pro-life advocate, I think about all the babies that are going to be murdered between now and January. So if we waited... Uh, you know how many how many hundreds uh, of children would be would be put to death because we just were like well we want to we want to wait I think when it comes to this I think we have to move is it action uh, bold action is required in this in this moment in this season and uh, did they you know are we going to always get it right every step of the way no but gosh let's move towards life and and you know what I, to those on the other side like if if you if you want to put to death the children in the womb. I, to me, I'm just kind of—I just where where is the moral standards of our nation? How can we how can we govern the living if we're going to kill the unborn? I mean, that's this to me. I, I I've never been able to understand it. So I'm glad that our legislature was able to move and, and to get get something through to defend life because again, you can't have liberty in the pursuit of happiness if you don't first have life.
0: Uh, what about the the exemptions for for rape, incest, and the the, the life and health of the mother?
1: Well. I mean, they're there. Uh, And like I said earlier, I think um, there's a lot of loopholes. I I would want to, you know, in the case of rape, uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, stringent requirements on on women to say, like, give the details on the rape. Like if if somebody raped them, they could just go in and say, well, I was raped and and have the abortion. And, And okay, I get that but we're not requiring them to fill out police reports. Uh, I think there's only supposed to be, if I remember correctly, uh, there's only supposed to be a, a notary there. So you could have someone who's a notary and said, well, they gave the statement. We trust them. Well, they could be lying. Or what What about what if they're not lying? And there's a man out there that deserves justice. I mean, I wanted the hammer to come down on men who are doing these egregious, wicked acts. And now there's a man out there that we – we're not going to be able to bring the justice uh, over this. So again, there's loopholes in this. Like if somebody's actually raped, bring that person to justice. I don't want them on the streets, and they deserve they deserve to go to jail. And but we don't we don't make it a requirement right now that the woman has to you know get the police involved. So to me, that just says okay, there's going to be a lot of people lying. They're going to go into the hospital. They're going to say I was raped. I need an abortion. And if it's a if it's a sympathetic. Hospital to the abortion movement, they're going to say, "Okay, fine, that's great. Um, well, you know, here you go," and then send them on their way. And there's, and there's no, there's no follow-up.
0: Our guest in the program today is Micah Beck. With Micah is a pro-life advocate and also pastor of Life Church up in Noblesville. So we're talking about the abortion law that goes into effect that went into effect this week uh, here in the state of Indiana. Uh, Micah, one of the things that uh, that has popped up here, and I had this conversation uh, with the folks uh, back in my home state of Illinois, uh, in sort of uh, Planned Parenthood, and they've been expecting like lots of folks uh, as of this week to start heading over to uh, Illinois, either Chicago, the Chicago suburbs, or or maybe Danville or Champaign within a couple hours' drive, uh, to have the procedure done. So I guess at the end of the day, was anything really accomplished by passing uh, this sort of stringent anti-abortion law when folks can just get in the car and drive an hour, an hour and ten minutes, and bam, there they are?
1: Absolutely. We are a, a nation made up of 50 sovereign states. The Lord's going to hold each state accountable for our actions, and I want to be able to stand before the Lord someday and say, hey, you know what? Illinois can do what they did. California can do what they did. But as for Indiana, we chose to do what was right in the eyes of God. Now, Illinois and the good people of Illinois are going to have to fight that battle. California, the good people of California, they're going to have to fight that battle. But for us to use that excuse to say, well, because Illinois is doing it, then we might as well, too. I mean, Look at how many people are moving from Illinois to Indiana right now. Why is that? It's because of really bad governance in Illinois. I don't want to. I don't want that ever to be the litmus test for Indiana to say, "Well, Illinois is doing it, so let's have Indiana do it." If we want to destroy our state, let's do everything Illinois and Michigan are doing. If we want to, you know, if we want to have a state full of liberty and freedom and prosperity, let's do the opposite of what they're doing.
0: Michael Beckwith with us uh, on the program today. Uh, Michael, uh, what about uh, one of the other things I've been hearing too for for quite a bit? And we're going to be doing uh, some polling at the end of the month. Here uh, is that a lot of women are are not happy with what Indiana lawmakers did. They think it's sort of infringing on the, on their reproductive freedom, bodily choice, and their ability to make their own decisions about their own reproductive health care. Uh, do you think there'll be a price to pay at the ballot box?
1: Uh, no, because Joe Biden is doing so terrible. <laughs> I think Joe Biden is giving is giving state legislatures the political cover. Republican legislatures have political cover from the Biden administration because the Biden administration, from a national and a foreign perspective, is absolutely destroying Every part of greatness that America once was, I think you're not going to be able to – I mean, look at the inflation numbers that came out this past week. So uh, you you can't buy eggs the way you used to. I mean, the price of uh, gas is through the roof. Uh, Rent has gone up. Uh, The geopolitical consequences of China and Russia not being held accountable – Biden is literally destroying America's greatness. So people are going to be so mad at Biden come November. I think they're going to be very forgetful of like the left, even is going to be forgetful of what happened in the in the state legislature um, when it comes to abortion, because of how bad things are going. At the end of the day, people want a good life. They want to be able to afford to. Their kids to a good school and to go on vacation. And I'm telling you right now, the Biden administration is single-handedly destroying all of that. So, so I do think, in a in a weird way, I am thankful that the Biden administration is giving political cover to bold state legislatures like uh, the Indiana legislature.
0: I'm we got a, a couple minutes left here for it to wrap up our conversation. Uh, so, what do you what do you folks uh, in the pro life movement do for you know those women who find themselves you know in this position, either they were, you know, pregnant. Or like I said, once again, a victim of rape, incest. You know, mother's life is in danger. Well, what, what, what do you folks in the pro-life movement do for for the woman and her soon-to-be uh, and her unborn child?
1: That's a great question. Andrew. Well, I'm so glad you asked that because there are pregnancy resource centers all across the, the state that love to love on women. And there's churches across the state that love to love on women. Like we don't want any woman to ever feel unloved or or that they're alone. Like and so if, you know, Life Church, great example, if there's anybody listening to this right now and they are going through a traumatic experience, they made a mistake have an unwanted pregnancy or you know god forbid something terrible happened to them like rape like you could come to life church we will give you everything you need we'll walk with you alongside alongside of you like it's scary we don't want to downplay how scary and traumatic of an experience this is but we also want to protect the valuable life that that has come into the world i mean that life starts at conception i mean it, you know, I ask people all the time. It's like I go to jail if I destroy the egg of a bald eagle. Like, how is it that we value that as a life to be, but yet the life in the womb, we can say, "Oh, that's just pregnancy tissue." Like, that's doesn't make any sense. So we have to just come to to the realization that science really does say that that life begins at conception. There is that is a human being that's going to come to fruition. That's already here. We got to protect that human being too. But we can do that in a way that loves both the the baby in the womb, but also the mother or the father, you know, the family that's going through this. So, again, there's so many great resources out there. And uh, if you have any need of that, I mean, reach out to me, reach out to Life Church. We'll get you in contact. I I know a dozen off the top of my head, pregnancy resource centers in central Indiana that would – Give you everything you possibly need, to, and walk with you through this time, uh, so that you can that so you can be successful as a as a new parent or a parent to be.
0: Oh, uh, my friend, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I I lied, I misspoke. I, I, I second to la- that was our second to last question. Uh, <laughs> okay. Right now, there are a couple uh, lawsuits pending uh, against the uh, Senate bill one, the the abortion bill, one of which argues uh, by the ACLU of Indiana that. Uh, that there's a right to privacy that's being violated. It's in the state constitution, and the other one, uh, which I thought was interesting, uh, was sort of a Riffra approach, uh, basically saying that uh, the abortion ban violates the religious principles of certain religious, uh, certain religious beliefs, certain religious faiths. Uh, I know you're not a lawyer, but you play one on television every once in a while. <laughs> so, so what do you think about what do you think about the the litigation that's been filed here to to, to put a halt to to, to at least put, at least put the brakes on this legislation?
1: Other well, they're at straws. I mean, I, understand. I mean, I knew that they were going to do that. When it comes to the religious exemption, I think that's funny because the same crowd that is saying, hey, we should have a religious right to an abortion was the same crowd that said, if you don't get the vaccine, you should get fired from your job. You should be ostracized. And I did religious exemptions for people with the vaccine, and I was vilified for, for, for standing up with people who didn't believe that they should get the vaccine on a religious basis, and I got – I mean I got like just run through the mud by the left and now they're they're turning around and claiming that they have a religious right to, to murder a child. Like to me the the the, incons- the inconsistency is, is laughable. It's it's hypocrisy at its finest. And so that's that, that on that issue alone there. Now when it comes to privacy, your right to privacy doesn't allow you the right to take the life of another person. I have, I have the right to privacy in my home, but I don't have the right to beat my kids or to hurt my kids in my home. So, again, we're, we're looking at this from the perspective of this is a human being here. Just because you have a right to privacy, it doesn't trump another human being's right to life. And so, so I think both arguments are faulty at their core. I think they're grasping at straws, and I don't think they're going to go anywhere.
0: All right. Well, our guest on the program day has been Mike Beckwith of Life Church up in Noblesville, a pro-life advocate. Mike, my friend, as always, sir, good to chat with you. We'll be talking to you again real soon.
1: Thanks, Abdul. Appreciate you, brother.
0: This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at LeadersandLegends.net.